On today's episode, we talk about how Blackstone acquired Tricon for $3.5 billion. The Wall Street purchasing homes narrative is false. What did these funds buying real estate mean for realtors? Building relationships and having a value proposition. And what is the Fed dot plot? Listen to find out. Welcome to the Real Estate Rundown. I am joined here with Jason Leos, Kayla Leos. We are your hosts today. And hey, one of the big things that we want to talk about that's pressing, you may not know about, I mean, it made a lot of mainstream news, but is that BlackRock bought Tricon for $3.5 billion. Tricon is a publicly traded company and BlackRock is private and they have now announced that they are going to be pulling them underneath their umbrella and actually delisting them and pulling them private. So what do you guys think about that? So BlackRock is a big gorilla. So they are it. probably the biggest gorilla. So, <laughs> okay, what I think first, let's just, just a little bit of a clarification here. It was, it's actually Blackstone. Oh, did I say Blackstone? So yeah. easy to get them confused. My bad. Uh, right. So Blackstone took or is taking Tricon private. Yes. And if you look at the stock ticker, as soon as the announcement was made, Tricon stock like went up like 20%. So it's interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. What do you think about it, Jay? I think they own a lot of properties now. They sure Blackstone. do. How, how many now? Um, what, are they the biggest holder of real estate now? Or well, they were before? Yes. That's well, an acquisition of 38,000. 38, 38, yeah. And apparently a lot of land, too, for build for rent. Mm. And, and these are houses, not apartments. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Owns Single, houses, family Single family houses. Homes. Yes. Uh, they also own a lot of land, so they can do a lot of build for rent, and which, is, which was like the hottest thing. I mean... Especially certain areas like in Queen Creek, Arizona, there are so many build for rent. Mm-hmm. There are. I mean, it's insane. I would cracker boxes. Yeah, we were at Abby's soccer game yesterday at ALA in Queen Creek, which is, uh, you know, like on the border of Queen Creek and Santa yep. Valley, yep. and literally the soccer fields are surrounded by one build for rent yeah. community, and then Both there's sides, another, another build, build for rent community on the other side. So these build for rent communities are just everywhere. But yeah, I thought it was interesting because they are now the largest owner of single-family homes, or they will be once this acquisition is. So they could have been already. Well, didn't Blackstone acquire Invitation Homes? Uh, no, they divested in 2019. Okay, gotcha. so that's... I wonder, what, I wonder how many uh, houses like Tricon has bought this year or, or who, who the biggest buyer of uh, institutional buyer is this year or 2023. As of last time I looked at, it was like in July and many, many of them were, were actually net sellers. Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they were selling more than they were buying. Uh, and invitation owned about 85,000 homes hmm. in October. So quite a few homes. There has been a lot of, uh, erroneous information on <laughs> these Wall Street-backed funds. And there was something that came out that said, like, Wall Street purchased one out of every four homes. And then some some people got a hold of this information, and it was bad information. I just started, like, perpetuating it. Wall Street and owned one out of every four homes? They acquired one out of oh. every, like, one out of every homes that got was it. sold was acquired by Wall Street, and it was not true. In yeah. fact, I still see reels from real estate agents that are, like, perpetuating this bad information. Yeah. So, so that would be 25% of all home sales. I know. Yeah. I, like, I know. It dude, was insane. Really and, of course, I think the goal is is this gets people so up in arms and angry. Oh, and yeah. that's I, – I believe that that's what Stop fuels – Wall Street. Red sales. It, it, well, it fuels this legislation that we're starting to see pop up. I mean, there have been a few of them. There was a Stop 
Wall Street Landlords Act, and then now there's the End Hedge Fund Control of American Homes Act. And so we see all these different pieces of legislation being introduced, I believe, kind of based on erroneous um, data. Because if you really look at, like you and I were just talking about the the magnitude of the rentals, and most of them are yep. owned by mom and pop landlords. Yeah. Well, there's roughly 160 million homes in America, right? And I think the number is roughly like uh, 15 to 20 million uh, homes are owned by mom and pop, right? So, I mean, when you look at that, institutions own what, like, isn't it like 600,000 versus 15 million, 10 to 15 million, 20 million, I forget what the number is exactly, but I mean, that's just obviously such a monstrous number versus these institutions that everybody's yeah, you know, ringing the bell, raising the flag of, of fear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when these these institutions come back in the market and they say really start to buy again, they're now they're, they're net selling right now. Mm-hmm. But twenty twenty four maybe by a net buy. Yeah, I think that it depends on the cost of capital. Yeah, true. As so as capital gets cheaper, mm-hmm. as interest rates go lower, they're going to buy more properties. Well, and I mean, is 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 in inflation hopefully comes down, right? The the affordability index, it, you know, starts to go more in the, uh, you know, tenants' favor, owners' favor, right? We'll we'll see all of those those types of things how that how that works. Hey, if you're enjoying this content and you're one of the 87% of our viewers who are not subscribed, please take a moment and hit that subscribe button. So, okay, if you're just Everyday, regular realtor out there selling properties, you know, what do you make of these sorts of things? And like, what does this mean for you and your business? Uh, it means that you, you, if you're, if you're working with buyers, you gotta, you gotta compete against those institutions that are buying those homes. Um, and then also, um, I've, for me, I would be, I would be working on how I can work with these funds. Well, not only that, but w- I think, you know, number one, a lot of these institutions are, are, are capitalizing off of sellers looking for the ease of transaction, looking for, uh, you know, how are they acquiring them? Yes, they're working with real estate agents. Yes, they're working with the open doors, et cetera, buying, you know, properties off uh, fr- from them directly. I would say how do you, to Jay's point, how do you get into alignment with them by uh, taking these same type of acquisition strategies and, uh, and aligning that where so you can serve and support your clientele that are looking for that type of sale. And then ultimately some of these people are, yeah, well, these, these companies are, are, are usually buying the home right. at, at value. Mm-hmm. It's not like a wholesaler. It's not like some of these other, not, no. it's not like op- selling to open door or no. offer pad because they're, they're looking for margin. If you sell directly to a progress or invitation homes or a Tricon, you're more likely to get what, what the market's really bearing um, today, maybe not, maybe a little bit less because they're they're looking at. You well, know, we know it's a lot less yeah. right now because we connect to. Mm-hmm. We well, connect it depends, to but we did sell one to what was it Progress recently? Just, just yeah, recently, real recent one where they got it, it was about market price, but it was a it was a remodeled home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we remodeled it and um and they and they bought it from us and it was, you know, pretty. You yeah, because they're playing it, the it long was market. Game. Yeah. Well, yeah. and if as long as the rents are in alignment with with their acquisition and cap rates, you know, and, and you know, cap tables that they're running on that property, then then I think it used to be you had the you had the market and then you had pre-market opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I believe that the funds and things like the Zudelios are almost like the market before the pre-market before the market <laughs> and what the pre to the pre pre there really is and yeah, what a lot is. of people don't realize is there is this market 
it's gaining yep. more transactions as years go on. And I think that if you're an agent, you got to be asking yourself, how do I tap into that market? That pre-market, right. which that's what wholesalers are doing. They're, the yeah. wholesalers are really tapping into the pre-market because it's people that are like, hey, do I just, just sell it off and really quick and just, you know, sell it for, a, for, you know, less than what I could sell it for if I remodeled it or, or you know, clean up my carpet or cleaned everything out. And yep. But sadly, though, if you're a realtor, you should be looking at this as an opportunity because you can do better for your consumer than a wholesaler. Because mm. what we know is that wholesaler is going to want their fair share of that opportunity. And so... Really? It's a fair share? I, don't, I think it's an unfair share. A lot sometimes. of people are just, they're just <laughs> yeah. finding a seller and going, oh, okay, now I got a contract. Yeah, paper. Now I go sell it for $10,000 more. And, and they're not doing anything with the property. They're yeah, just, they're just uh, yeah, finding somebody else that... that wants it more than they do um to make a to make a cut off of it so yeah i think um there's definitely a lot of you know like the cash plus cash plus is a great way to to um to uh not sell to a wholesaler and actually get what you you know get get the money out of out of the property as you as the most amount of money out of the property you know i think that this what just popped into my head is you know especially from a marketing advertising client service client acquisition uh, standpoint is this just really illustrates the importance of I, I don't want to say IDX is dead because obviously Zillow still gets 300 million you know visitors realtor.com 100 million right all those those crazy numbers but my point is around this is where so many agents are playing that IDX game for for leads right or they're buying leads but really when you have the opportunity to bring a different value proposition and scale it out to your audience like this is exactly what we're talking about is these two different types of strategies to create higher quality, higher intent leads so that when they're ready to do something like this and you have 5,000 people that you're, that you're nurturing, right? That's just a simple mathematical equation. It's so many of those 5,000 people are going to churn out every single year. Mm -hmm. So, and so then how, I guess the question becomes if, you know, you're, how do you keep them engaged mm -hmm. and attached to through the process and in a meaningful way? Because, you know, it's funny because when I was practicing real estate on the day in, day out, whenever I would meet a new potential um, buyer, my question for them was, how many realtors are you working with? Mm. Right. It wasn't like, are you working with a realtor? I just assumed that they were yeah. working with several because I knew that on the monthly basis, they were getting emails from probably two, three, five different realtors from their community. And so I think that you can be, you know, emailing, dripping out, you can be texting, you can be engaging on socials, but how do you really keep them connected to you as that professional to where they're going to use you when it comes time to transact? Yeah, that's a great way to get somebody to tell you the truth. Uh, it's just ask them how many realtors you're working with. I was like, dang. Because then they're like, huh? Well, oh yeah, yeah, two, yeah, three. Maybe three. Yeah, it was <laughs> always some sort of version of, oh, well, I went to an open house and this agent put me on a search. And, yep, you know, exactly. you'd always get like the, the multiple, yep. right? Yep. But then you would also get the backstory on how they're really not my agent. They're just sending me an email. Their version. And so, yeah. And so, like, <laughs> I, I guess I look at it from the lens of, okay, great. I have 5,000 people. I've got them on this monthly drip. I'm sending them cool value propositions. But how am I going to set, you know, set myself as the leader, the expert in their mind? I want to banter that a little bit because I feel like, you know, we talk a lot about, oh, build your email list and yeah. nurture how, and this and that. Yeah, now after you acquire the data, how, yeah. do, you, how do you stand out? What's, yeah. that, what's that UVP? Yeah, how do you build intimacy with, uh, with I them? Mean, I think it's giving them a, 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 uh, uh, 
you know, a, a buyer, a buyer's presentation and getting them to sign a contract with you to, to use you. I mean, obviously it's, I mean, that's, that's how you get someone to, to but really, how, how really do you, work. how do you do, how do you prepare that? Right. Cause like oh, you if you go try to go I mean, cram a cram contract on somebody's mouth, they'd be like, ah. mm-hmm. well, not if you're, not if you're face to face. It's, it's gotta be, you gotta get face to face with them, whether mm-hmm. it's on zoom, whether it's on, you know, in, in the office, but you have to get face to face with somebody to, to get them to sign a contract like that. But so you've be got before five, then you've got 5,000 people that you're sending an email drip. Do you just play the numbers game? You just like, you know, work with whoever trickles down or do you try and create meaningful engagements, maybe face to face, like you're saying with mm-hmm. as many people as possible. And mm-hmm. like, how do you do that? I know one thing when we went to Tom Ferry, the success summit in August and we watched, uh, I believe her name is Jen, I might butcher your last name, Jen, Jen Dilliard. And she's out of, I believe, Washington. Maybe she also works in Oregon as well. One of the two, she's either Oregon, Washington. She's somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. And she, her whole segment was on events, how you have mm. to do events and hold these events so you can like build this intimacy, build the relationship. She's and using that, was, that as her hook. Yeah, huh? I thought that was really smart. But then I'm also like, for me, I'm the type of consumer that that would never work on. Mm-hmm. I would never go to an yeah, event. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, I'm not going to be sold by an ice cream. It's like an introvert. I, I'm totally not. And so, like, how do you tap in? So, sure, there's like a whole part of there. There are a great. There's a lot of people that would love to go to these events, mm-hmm. but then there's people like me that would never show up to something like that. And so, like, how do you tap into the people like me? Um, you you slide into your DMs, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you like your like your posts and uh, engage with you on your on your on your uh, content so but what happens if like you know instagram like shuts my account down well, well then you're screwed <laughs> so l- l- let me let me jump in here because this is kind of kind of my up uh, my cup of tea and I, I, this is pretty it's wild actually Hear, hearing this it's, i almost feel like you read my well it's because it totally aligns with my advice right like and uh, like part of the i like had this whole little thing like you know like my little script and be like agents stop sending dumb emails stop sending text messages that don't work stop saying that you're gonna you know i see that you checked out one two three four main streets i'm gonna be there this weekend can i uh, show it to you <laughs> right like that's that all what the they're area. doing now, don't get me wrong, like the fact that you're actually taking action on those things, kudos to you because 95% of the agents are doing nothing. I mean, something is better than nothing. But what I really want to focus on is exactly what we were just talking about is, you know, again, I know this is a cliche saying, but it actually works to open up the door and build a relationship, which is ultimately what I'm about to get into is where like riches are in the niches. So you have to have a value proposition on how, what, and why you're going to stand out. So like, for example, let's say it's a Kayla in the scenario that we just had right there. She's more introvert. Um, you She's know, not going to the bowling party. Not, not going to ice cream <laughs> social, not going to the bowling party, not going to the movie theater, you know, lunch and movie, whatever that, you know, these events. She's going to say no to coffee. Exactly. Where when, she, and then, not, you know, again, savvy, uh, can search and do things on, on on her own, you know, all of these things. Well, this is where I think that riches in the niches, is, you know, kind of comes into play. So, like, for example, right, right, just something I whipped up 
like from a little script is like, hey, I see that you, ha- so again, we're going to play the IDX game, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's one of the things that, that we're talking about there. Hey, I see you've been searching for homes in the, you know, $500,000 range. And hey, I just want to take a quick moment of your time because we actually specialize in making the, your move uh, and your transition smooth. And that comes with, you know, uh, giving cash offers on your existing house if you happen to have one. But one of the things we really try to focus on is giving you a specialized rate and specialized process of going from house that you're currently in to your new house. So I wanted to find out if I could ultimately get you more house for less money. I would assume that that's something you'd be interested in learning a little bit more about. Now, I want to pause because there, because that's absolutely scripty. That's absolutely salesy. That's absolutely all those things. But here's the biggest thing that you're looking for in that. Number one, you're wanting to pique the interest because at some point in time, you have to have a key differentiator between the other 18 agents that she knows. That's what you're trying to illustrate there. But at the end of the day, so after I get you know a yes, right, I have to dig for that. But then from there, it literally comes down to about uh, building a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like that is like... I, there, I know sometimes we're always looking for that magic bullet. It literally comes back down to who can build the best relationship. Agreed. And I think that, you know, in the day where social media is so prevalent, we can have our social media and we can be making a lot of content that truly is going to build relationships. But we should also be making content for our emails as well. Because here's the reality, your social accounts, you could be delisted, you could be deactivated, you could be, you know, shut down on a moment's notice. And all of that hard work you poured into that median is, is gone. Mm -hmm. And so I think that um, we should be carrying that forward into our email marketing as well, for sure. Uh, Absolutely. Like, like I said, I would encourage you, you know, like, take everything that we said here because all of it's going to work and absolutely playing the numbers is going to work. The biggest recommendation that I would say that we haven't hit on yet is having a system that will actually capture some of that buyer's or that seller's intent. There's a ton of tech out there today that will help you get those big numbers and then it captures that person's intent and then you focus on your higher intent. So let me, what does that mean when I say higher intent? People that are opening the stuff that you're sending them, clicking on the stuff that you're sending and actually engaging with it. The system then captures that and then you focus your effort on building relationships with those people. Uh, Jason, what do you have for us in Market Minute? I don't have anything. You You have nothing today. I have nothing today. Uh, I came very unprepared. <laughs> <laughs> well, but hey, let's let's uh, we got a little bit of something. The, well, the Dow Jones hit the hit a yeah. hit a uh, uh, what a, a record at thirty eight thousand, and then it then it tapered off. Mm. That's what I got. So I know that housing starts inflation. There's some economic data coming out, and. All eyes will be on it to see what All that eyes. looks like. And yep. when does the Fed uh, meet again? In March. In March. So uh, the actual um, percentage of people that think that the Fed's going to lower interest rates has gone down. So now we're thinking probably the first rate rate uh, reduction would be in May. So it would be a surprise mm. if the Fed dropped interest rates in March now. Got it. It was like 50-something percent. But, um, you know, the market's been flying and, oh. and um, almost no I, reason. But we got some bad it. economic economic or some bad um, not economic data, but um, company company earnings today. So mm-hmm. we'll see what the company earnings if it starts to look bad. And, you <coughs> know, then that that percentage might go up in, in March. So, OK, can you do us a favor? Because I find this really interesting. Can you just kind of briefly explain the dot plot to us? 
Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> the dot plot is fascinating. Yeah. I love so this. So dot the dot plot is a bunch of the all the feds. They they basically you know uh, say when they when they believe interest rates are going to go down and what you know hey where the interest rates will be at certain at certain par- parts of the the year. And um and they and they put a dot uh, for at every Fed, mm. and so there's a there's this dot plot yeah, that plot, goes up on yeah. what you know where, where interest rates will be, um, what what each Fed believes the the interest rates will be at, at at that part of the year. So that's what the dot plot is. And there's all sorts of different questions that they ask them, and they put a dot in different areas. So. Well, I find that to be super interesting, and I know that just last week, Fannie Mae revised their interest rate forecasts for the year, and they're coming in much more favorably now, uh, which is really interesting. They're now expecting rates to decline to about 5.8% by the end of the year. Wow. So definitely- But the Fed doesn't, I mean, a lot of the Feds don't think that, or they they say it's not. I mean, what they're they're saying isn't happening, but I mean- I think they're a lot of them are being very careful because they don't want the market to just sky high or mm-hmm. the market, you know, the the stock market to just you know go crazy. Um, so they, you know, they, they talk bad about it. Like, oh yeah, I mean, we're we're not probably going to see you know hmm. reductions. Sounds like in a rates, form blah, blah, of steering. Blah. <laughs> well, they're they're trying to be very careful Economic with, the, with the market, yeah. right? Because yep. um, you know, if they don't, you know, the, the market goes crazy and then they don't lower rates, then the market tanks and it just get too much um, volatility. And in other economic news, last year we had more housing completions than we have had since 2007. Wow. So builders have been on a tear. tear. 1.54 million homes were completed last year. Yeah. Were all of them sold? That does include manufactured <laughs> homes. And oh, I, I doubt that, that they were all sold. Yes, it does. Yes, it does include manufactured homes. I don't have the breakdown yeah, of what, what, what the those were. Well, it's a home, right? It's a home. It is. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's a home, a home. on wheels. It's yeah. definitely I mean, a home. it's registered with the Motor Vehicle Department in a lot of places, but... And Unless it's a fix. Manufacturers aren't, right? Mobiles or ma- are. Or mobiles. mobiles. Yeah, yeah, yeah mobiles. Because you got to have tires, right? Yeah. So as I as you put the tires yeah, on. Yeah, the axles. No, it's carry around. Yeah, manufactured. They have to actually construct on site. So that was up 4.5% from 2022. And yeah, I, I feel like though, man, yes, we are short housing, but does it seem like we're now overbuilding? I haven't, haven't, uh, uh, we're overbuilding on apartment complexes. I've read, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> honestly, there's definitely there a, a ton of, of vertical stuff. And I'm especially like for, for us where like where we live, suburbia, I feel like, uh, you know, for me and Chandler, it's been going vertical for a while. Well, this thing over here in Gilbert, um, yep. yeah, and Gilbert too. Cooley station that there's like, like eight apartment complexes surrounding <laughs> one little shopping center area. Yeah, you drive down Williamsfield and it's just like apartment complex after apartment complex yeah. after apartment complex. In viral vibes, I'm going to take us back to the weekend, the Super Bowl, oh. or the... <laughs> playoffs. The playoff game. Playoffs. Playoffs. The game between the Chiefs and the Bills. <laughs> so what's going viral is we know how that game ended, but apparently there's been a spotlight on the quarterback, Josh Allen's uh portfolio of real estate so apparently he owns owns about 12 million dollars worth of homes and he owns two properties in new york two properties in california and they look like some pretty nice houses here that that he owns yeah so good for him hey while you lost (laughs) the game 
Uh, you're not losing in the real estate market, and your homes are beautiful. So it's a lot of football players that don't even own homes. It's kind of disappointing. That is weird. Yeah. Well, so it's a, but it was interesting though when we when we worked we worked with some some athletes, and yeah. their wealth managers are are advising them to rent, and then they're, they're blocking taking, them. Yeah, I mean it makes sense though. Yeah. The wealth man- manager wants to take that money and invest it in. Other things, not real estates. Yep, they don't make a cut off of real estate. I guess that's. But Josh <laughs> Allen, he is—he's going for the real estate portfolio. Oh, that's a nice one. Where's yeah. That one at? So this one is in Orchard Park, New York. It's on 31 mm. acres. It's just like a gorgeous brick home. 31 acres. Yeah. Wow. Very, well, and very he's beautiful. actually early enough in his contract that he hasn't gotten his mega payday yet either. I think. I don't know for sure. He hasn't uh, got a mega that. payday? I don't think he has a mega He's payday. He's got $12 million in real estate. He hasn't had a mega... Th- oh, he has to have. No, I don't think so. He's got a, at least made $50 million. Yeah. yeah. Did he, he did get a big contract? Yeah. Okay. $21 nice, million? Nice and corrected. 2021. 2021. Okay, okay, so it's... Re- okay. And we'll have Colby put some of these properties up here. Where's that one at? That one's in... Uh, this one is in Dana Point. Dana Point. And that's why I thought Josh and Kyle were brothers, because like, Kyle has a place in Dana Point, too. So it's kind of interesting. It's interesting. interesting. They're both uh, What's up with the Stanley? That you got you got one of these Stanleys. Did you did you wake up at six o'clock in the morning and and uh, you know fight for that? I did not. <laughs> no, uh, but we got we got the the Valentine's Day special Stanley, and of course we made it better. Okay. Yeah, her whole custom <laughs> swag here. I'm like, I got yeah. like the old Zudelio cup. Got like the old beaded Zudelio shirt. I'm like, that, dang. These are the OG shirts. I know. I need to like I need to like up my swag game over here. Hey, if you are enjoying this content, please make sure you smash that subscribe button and be sure to engage, add to the conversation, and leave a comment below.